Welcome to the 24 Stories podcast that aims to educate, inspire and help build brands. I'm your host, Stephen Ryan, founder of 24 Stories, and I'll be joined each week by guests from a variety of industries here to tell you how they built their brands. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode four of the 24 Stories podcast. Again, great response to Bill from Cool Running Events last week. It just was a fantastic story. I think in particular, the fact that he was out of a job and took the brave move to set up his own business. I think people love that. And thanks again for the support to iTrolley.ie for coming on board to sponsor this episode. iTrolley.ie supply thousands of products and services and you can get them on their website. This week, we have a very interesting story. I think people are going to love this backstory. It's not one that's very familiar with a lot of people in terms of people mightn't realise the backstory of a retailer in town, Forver and Hugh, in the Corn Markets Centre, plus their online, forverandhugh.ie. I have their founder, Stephen Yang, right in front of me. Welcome to the 24 Stories podcast, Stephen. Oh, thanks, Steve. Thank you for having me on. As I said, you have a very interesting backstory. We're going to get to Forver and Hugh in a minute. But I want to take people back to the 90s. I think people will realise that you have a bit of a Cork accent, but you're not originally from Cork. So you might fill me in where you were born, where you're from. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's funny enough. People definitely look at me differently. And then the minute I open my mouth, they kind of go, hold on a second, there's something different here. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, I I was born in China originally and... uh, uh, believe it or not, my family still live in China. Okay. Majority, I have a quite large of a family um, based in China, and uh, I moved over here on my own when I was uh, fourteen, uh, back in ninety nine. And uh, yeah, that's where I came from originally. And so, what part of China were you from? I'm from a place called Dalian, which would be uh, yeah, now we fly from Beijing, northeast of China. And is it kind of a, a big city, or is it rural, or? It, in China, you would consider Dalian as a second tier city, right? Okay. But a sec- but second tier city in China means there is about six point three million people there. So Whoa. yeah, so it's a it's a it's not. So there's more people than what's in the <laughs> island of Ireland, and it's a second tier city. It is second tier city. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's a it's it's relatively big, but uh, not in the Chinese term, I would say. Okay, so fourteen years of age. What made your parents decide to? Leave you travel the rest <laughs> to the other side of the world. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 funny because back then in the nineties, I think there was a, a, a such a wave of a culture of um, the Chinese parents are sending their kids overseas to okay. study. Yeah, and uh, you know, like there's no different to my parents. They probably just want a, you know better future for me yes. and etc. So what they were thinking is, you know, to go to go to overseas, study English and study the language, study the culture, eventually move back to China. Yeah. It put you in a, a better position for, you know, for jobs and for career, etc. Yeah. You know, and so they, they just purely look after me. They wanted better for you than themselves, kind of like what, like what we all want to do with our own kids, I suppose. They kind of wanted to <laughs> exactly. make a great pathway for you. But what made them decide on Cork? You know, of all the places in the world, like how 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 come you decided on come to Cork? Cork yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's funny because uh, I, I still this day now. I think my father wouldn't admit to it. Uh, at the time, there was um, there were two options. There was uh, London and uh, Ireland. Okay. It wasn't even Cork. It was, it was just London, Ireland. Ireland right? Yes. My father was saying like, you know, uh, do you want to go to London or do you want to go to Ireland? You know, he he actually came in, came home one day, asked me that question, and I was going to go there. Where is Ireland? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, funny enough, he didn't know. So two of us, he has to go go to the back and grab a a, a map, and yeah. two of us try to find Ireland. 
And uh, eventually we found Ireland and uh, and his argument was, you know, Ireland is probably relatively new on the scene for immigrant. Now, he, I can understand his thinking. His thinking is, that, you know, if you go to Ireland, you, you might have forced yourself to, you know, into the culture, yes. into the language, etc. You know, if you have no Chinese around you to talk to you, yeah. you have to speak the language. You, you have, have to. to kind of immerse yourself into the culture. And uh, that's what he's saying. But at the end of the day, today, you know, I, I think because Ireland was a little bit cheaper for him at the time. Okay. Yeah, I think it was like three grand cheaper or something to come to Ireland compared to go to London. Yeah. So uh, I think I think that's probably the reason he said go to Ireland. But anyway, yeah. Uh, and was your father in business back home in China? Uh, he, yeah, he was. Yeah, my my father was always in uh, business. He always kind of like, I think he, he worked for the government up until his 20s, I think. And then okay. he set up his own business. Hospitality is my father's kind okay. of business, kind of uh, uh, hostels, hotels, yes. B&Bs, that kind of apartments, that kind of stuff, you know. So he was hoping, send his son over to Ireland, to this country he had never heard of as such. <laughs> until, right. and, and of course there would have been, there, there was no internet or, you know, you, you wouldn't have gotten that many images of Ireland, even on TV and stuff like that, I'd imagine. No, not at all. I mean, like, it's, as I said, we didn't, I didn't even actually read about Ireland. You know, bear in mind, I was only 14. Yes. So I didn't know Ireland. I didn't know um, what to expect. I didn't know, I didn't have images of Ireland. I never read about it. I think we just saw the landscape of Ireland on a map. Yeah. And that was it, you know. And uh, yeah, like in China at the time, there was agents, yes. you know, and there was a agent that were telling you about Ireland. Yeah. They were telling you about, you know, school system in Ireland, etc. So uh, it's very much just purely on trust of the agent, the words, you know. And was it your first time out of the country as well? Yeah. 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 For first time out of the country, second time out of the city, believe it or not. Out of the city. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was the first time I left Dalian as such. Whoa. You know? So you're 14 years of age, you get on a flight. You must have been terrified. I think it, it, I probably wasn't when I was 14. Yes. Uh, because I was so naive, yeah. right? Because it, like, you have this idea, you're going to go into a a country and um, you know nobody. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I get, but I wasn't... I wasn't. I wasn't afraid. I was excited. Okay. I was kind of go. Okay. Well, this is a new adventure. Yeah. You know, like when you're 14 year old, you you think you can take on the world, yes. right? Um. But then I think it's after a living period of time in Ireland, I went back to China for a month to visit family, etc. When I came back, when I was 15, then I was a little bit scared. Okay. Because yeah. the reality sink in. That you're here. You're here. You have to find yourself a school, find yeah. yourself accommodation. Yeah. You got to. Eventually, have to find yourself a job, part-time job. You know, you have to lay the path for yourself. Not like when you were in China, your yes. parents do that for you. Yes. You know, so, yeah, I think reality really kicked in when I was 15. I think when I was first moving here, I was just a child. So I wasn't really afraid. It wasn't really in my uh, vocabulary at the time. And you could know? you speak any English? <laughs> That's another thing. Not a word. Not a word. Not a word. Uh, that was a funny thing. So you went straight to a language school when you came here, was That's it? correct. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, Steve, yeah. yeah. I was at a language school for about a year. Yeah. And uh, I think that the, the first class, the teacher was asking me, where you're from? Yeah. I have to look the fellow next to me and kind of go, what's she saying? <laughs> 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 now, in fairness, he was Chinese as well. Okay, so, so there he was, helped. There was four of us came together. So oh, we, that was good, like in terms that there was a kind of a, I, I presume you built a friendship at the start. At the start, yeah, we yeah. were we, we lived together for a, a short period of time as well. But um, yeah, we all gone separate ways now, you know. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, like I, they were all older than me. I was the youngest in the group. I mean, mm-hmm. I think there were 
I think he was maybe in his twenties.、Um, There was a girl came with us, so、uh, she was the oldest between all of us. She was twenty six. Yeah, and、uh, her English probably the the best between all four of us. Yeah,、know? yeah. <laughs> were you with those four people when you arrived at the airport in Cork, or? or was... Yeah, uh, to, uh, to to be fair, I think when we first、uh, landed, we landed in Dublin. Okay. And、uh, I think because we were the first batch of Chinese students landed in. This particular language school in Cork. Yes, and、uh, they organized another flight, internal flight from Dublin to Cork. Then, back then, when you were still able to fly from Dublin to Cork, yeah, it was a Ryanair <laughs> flight or something, probably. Yeah, <laughs> probably. I couldn't、yeah. really remember, but、uh, yeah. And、uh, then we landed in Cork, and we were being picked up by our host families. It was a funny thing, actually. It's it's one of the time very early on. Yeah, and when I came landing to Cork Airport. And、uh, that was in the old airport. You were still able to see plane taking off in the airport. Yes. Yeah. Out through the glass windows. Yeah. Yeah. And one of our flight came in very either very late in the evening or very early in the morning. Yeah. And when I landed in the Cork airport, I just saw a load of、uh, young people、yeah. dressed in their full kit, black tie. Full dress, <laughs> <laughs> getting their like you know getting their fries, fry offs, you know, and I was like, "What's going on here?" These people are fancy, <laughs> and it wasn't. It was a Debs or a Grabs. It was a Debs. Yeah. Although, in years later, I realized <laughs>、yeah, you, you thought this was the culture in Ireland that they they dress up to go to the airport. I said, "Where are they going?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So、uh, yeah. So that was a、uh, that was、uh, I suppose that's probably one of the culture shock when I first landed. You know. So the first year you went to language school. So then you you went back to. You went back over to China, and you were kind of happy to come back over here. Did you go into a mainstream school then, or what happened after when you were fifteen, sixteen? I went to Douglas Come for the last period of the transition year, so only for about three months. Okay. And then after that, I went to、uh, Bruce College. Yeah. For fifth year and sixth year. Yeah. And I, that's where I did my、uh, leaving cert then. And how did you find it? Like, were you the only Chinese student in 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 the school, or was there others? Uh, uh, No, I think I was the only Chinese student at the time. And did you find that they were welcoming? That they kind of, you know, you made friendships quite quick. I did actually. Yeah, yeah, in fairness, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think that's one of the things when you、um, move over here when you are young, and when you move here when you you know twenties. And I think that's the big difference. You、yeah. know, like you can you can be brilliant at your you know English, you know, etc.、Yes. Speaking. What not? But it's、uh, I think it's it's the culture. It's a big thing, and、yeah. uh, and I think at at the age of fourteen, I was、uh, I was through the deep end. Yeah, and I have to learn the crack very early on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so I think I think that、uh, that at that age it was a lot easier for me to make friends, friends. and you know kind of. And did you involve yourself in other stuff outside of school, you know, sport or anything like that? I. Played a little bit of rugby、okay. when I was、uh, in Bruce College.、Uh, yeah. No, when I say little, I mean very little. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. I, um. But you see, like that's the thing. The luxury I probably didn't have is um the luxury of just you know finish school. Yeah. And, and you know I always worked. Okay. So I always worked. So whenever free time I had, I worked. Um. So whatever holidays I got. Yeah. I worked. Which was very different to your classmates, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, and well, like I mean, I mean, the tradition year. I mean, like the Chinese take study really seriously,、yeah. you know. And when they think there is exam coming up, yeah, we go mad, right?、Yeah. And uh, uh, I remember in the tradition year, and they were saying like、uh, when I landed at the maths class, and I think one of the students saying, "Oh, we have a test today,"、yeah. and、uh, and I was like, "What?" 
and I started taking out books that were doing revision straight away yeah. and they, all the boys just started laughing at me <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, no, it was it was definitely different, definitely different, you know. And in terms of the part-time work that you did then, what what, what did you do? What, where, where did you pick up work? First job I had was in at the Chinese restaurant, actually. I was, okay. uh, I, was uh, I was a kitchen porter there. I was a, yeah. the dishwasher, as yeah. uh, you would call it. And uh, I, was, I was working there um, at weekends, etc. And, uh, and then until I started school, uh, I worked a lot of nights because of the, you know, it's the nature of the restaurant business, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. And then I would, then I got a job in a butcher shop. I remember uh, back then in school is you you get a half day on Wednesday. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah so I remember I was working uh, uh, every Wednesday and every weekend, Saturday, Sunday. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And trying to study at the same time. Try to study English at the same at time. At the same time. Yeah. That's like, and were you getting homesick at any stage? Were you, were you ringing home? Like, how was your mother? Like, you know, was she worried about you? Yeah, uh, she was, in fairness, she was. And they were, this is before, um, you know, Zoom, before, Of course, like, there was know, nothing Skype like that, that, yeah. So, th- I remember my mother used to get these, like, you know, telephone cards. Yeah. And then when they, the card is purely for making Chinese, uh, making international phone calls. Yeah. But they call to the host family I was staying. Yeah. And uh, no, Host family didn't, didn't speak Chinese. My mother uh, doesn't speak English. But the, the, what they do is they they ring and they say Stephen, Steve, Steve, Steve. <laughs> yeah. And then my they host knew family, straight away who it was. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So they come to get me then, you know. And I, I, we, we used to kind of set a time. I can't remember exactly the day it was. Yeah. Uh, like uh, seven o'clock in the morning, and something. My parents would stay late, and uh, I will uh, I would get up early before work, kind of thing. I talked to my parents for an hour, etc. Yeah, so that was a. I remember, like, it's a couple of years later, I went back to China. My mother was showing me the stack of uh, telephone cards oh. she kept. Yeah, <laughs> it was this thick, you know. Uh, so that was, um, yeah, that was interesting. And would you go back every summer then, or not every summer? Like, I remember for one period of time, I didn't go back for three years. Whoa, that was the only time I didn't go home that long. You yeah, know, yeah. Until now, I suppose I haven't been yeah. in China for about two years now. But uh, yeah. And the host family that you were staying with, did you stay with the same family for all those years? Like when you were in Bruce College and and Douglas Community School and stuff. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, no, I was I was in the host family for a year, and then I moved out. You see, when I was doing uh, when I was in f- fifth year, yeah. I moved out. I moved into a, a, a kind of like a one bedroom apartment. Then you know. At and what age was that? I say I would just just turn sixteen. Maybe. Crazy, like sixteen year old. They're, they're, your classmates must have said, "Like this is mad." <laughs> like we're living at home, and this guy is living in an apartment. Yeah, no, it's 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 absolutely. Uh, it, it was crazy. Yeah, uh, it was uh, like they, I suppose. I suppose we were also young. Yeah, they probably didn't yeah. understand the concept yeah. of living on your own. You know, they, yeah. they probably think I, I li- I'm living the dream. Yeah. Um. But uh, it, uh, like I remember when I was in Douglas Com, and uh, I was still living in the host family at the time. I was kind of desperate, wanted to kind of move out uh, for whatever reason. But I remember one Wednesday afternoon, uh, a friend of mine and uh, two of us went to. Do you remember Flat Finder in Cork? Yes, yes, was, yes. Um, I think they were doing ads at the time. That's right. So two of us rock up to Flat Finder, yeah, and uh, you know uniforms, you know, <laughs> <laughs> going there and say, "Look, I'm looking for an apartment." And your man, swear to God, he saw he he saw that I was absolutely <laughs> taking the Mickey, right? And he go, <laughs> and he started laughing, and I was like, uh, no, uh, "No, I'm serious here." Uh, like. He goes, "I'm looking for an apartment," and uh, and I, I think I said it again. He kind of go, 
all right, are you going to, how old are you? Yeah. I said, I'm 15. He said, you can't get an apartment for 15. You have to have a guardian sign off. All yeah. that. I was like, I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> so two of us went off our way very quickly then after that, you know. So you had to wait. <laughs> so the plan always that you came here to study, study English, and then the plan was to go home. Yeah. What happened? You never went back. Yeah, like any good story, I suppose, a woman. A woman. <laughs> a woman. A woman changes everything. When, uh, was this when you were in school or college? or? It was actually uh, my first year of college, actually. Just uh, when I, fin- I, I I met my wife and my girlfriend at the time, I suppose, uh, just after leaving cert. Okay. And uh, yeah, so we were together since. Young romance, so it was. Young romance, young romance. I remember somebody said to me once ago, we were just having a chat and then he was saying like, where's your wife from? I said, my wife is from uh, Cork. And yeah. she goes, oh yeah, sure. You're done. So you you, you, you never move out of Cork. <laughs> I, 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 I laugh at him. Yeah. And I, and I was like, ah, sure. Don't be silly. And uh, yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> You're in trouble when she listens to this. That's a, yeah, no, I get it. I know in fairness, my, my yeah. wife, I have a very good uh, family, a large family, I suppose. Yeah. Very, the, the, they are brilliant. They are very supportive, and that they uh, and I suppose that's a key reason. I suppose we well, you st- settled here. We settled like because yeah. like we we tried we tried to live in China, we tried to live in Canada, we tried to live in Australia for yeah. a while, and uh, you know I think my wife's family root is just too deep mm. here, and um, she couldn't really live anywhere else, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so we decided settle back in Cork but look Cork is not a bad place to be no it's not the worst place so what did you study in college I studied business I knew I wasn't great at English at the okay. time and my speaking English it was you know it wasn't too bad my mm-hmm. writing English wouldn't have been great you know and so in doing the leaving study in English yeah. was it going to be a challenge I knew I wasn't going to get a huge amount of points and um but I was I was quite a strategic, I suppose. You know, I was yeah. a, I was a, I was immediately leaning towards the the science subjects anyway, yeah. And to get the point, so but I knew what I wanted, which is a good thing. I want to start a business, and um, uh, so there was a course came up, which was perfect for me in Trinity. It was okay. a business. It was a commerce in Chinese. Perfect. Right? And I was like, this is the one. This yeah. is the one, right? It's only about three hundred. 50 points at the time. that anyway yeah and I was like okay I, I, I probably get that you mm-hmm. know I probably wouldn't be mm-hmm. too far off so I applied for that course and I actually you know even actually go to the effort gone to Trinity meet with the head of the department yeah and finally he took the time to meet me yeah and uh, I said uh, you know I want to sign up for this course commerce in Chinese and he said uh, you can't do it Why? I was like what, what, what do you mean he said, he said your Chinese would be too good I said, that's a precise the point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said, no, we can't. We've done it before and we it just doesn't work. And, uh, you know, it just, the, you know, the other student wouldn't be you know, at the same level, yeah. etc. He goes, you can come back next year because they do Russian and Chinese yeah. every second year. He said, you can come back and play next year, do Chinese, uh, commerce in Russian. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> So I'm still trying to figure out English, never mind Russian. <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. So I just said, uh, I didn't want to kind of, uh, uh, you know, stay back for yeah, another year. Yeah, you want to get stuck in. Get stuck in, exactly. So look, I uh, I decided to go to, um, it was Scaries College at the time. Scaries, which is now Griffith. Which is now Griffith, yeah. yeah. So I did my, my, my three years in Griffith. It was... A, it was a private college, yeah. Uh, so it, it had its pluses and minuses, and okay. I suppose the plus it was in my year there was only seven students. Small numbers, yeah. Small numbers. So you so you get really get a personal with the 
lectures, I suppose you could. Yeah. You know, you have a lot of one-to-one time, mm. which is great, which is great. I always worked, you see. Yeah. So I knew after three years, I would get into a job straight away. Yeah. And then probably finish my degree by night. Okay. And that's when I went to CIT then by yeah. night. And I was working during the day then, you know. And what did you do in CIT by night? The degree? Yeah. So like you get your three years, it was your ordinary degree. Yeah. And you, you do your last year, that'd be your honours degree then, you know. So you probably had John Myler, did you? I did, yeah. I had a John Myler, yeah. Yeah, no, so did I. So I'm familiar with John and, and his teaching. So different, very different from Chinese culture, I'd say. John is very kind of abrupt and, you know, but great lecturer. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I enjoyed John, in fairness. So when you were finished that degree then, where did you go into full-time employment or what happened? Yeah, so I was in full-time employment from day one when I was in Scaries. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah. I, I, like, I, I was working in a restaurant. I was working in the kitchen yeah. uh, for about three years. Yeah. And uh, and um, my shift was started at half four. I finished at 11. Yeah. So, like, that's pretty much my entire college. So yeah, that's, I, yeah. I, I was done five days a week because yeah. I had to pay for college, you see. So, yeah. so I had to work in the evenings to make enough money to save enough to pay for our next six months tuition. Yeah, so that it's you know there's constant pressure. Yeah, and then the 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 fourth year, I know it was like okay, well look, I'm done with the hospitality. I kind of I need to get into a um a business a corporate type role or something. You no, know, yeah. I need to get into a multinational. Okay, you know yeah. kind of way. So so like I applied everywhere. Uh, so I, there was a job because at, at that stage, at least I have a degree. Yeah. So I thought I have a degree. At least I can get. The interview, at least, you yeah. know. Uh, so I got an interview with Apple. Yeah. And uh, I was doing the customer service role on the phone for, I said, for about a month in Apple. And uh, when I, at the same time, I started CIT by night. By night. Yeah. So I was in Apple for about a month on the phone mm-hmm. and I knew that wasn't for me. And it was it was interesting. It was a, there was a job came up in the finance department then. Okay. And it was like a three months contract role. Yeah. So I applied for that and uh, yeah, got right. into that and I was there. I was in Apple for about eight years after that. Eight? Yeah. Whoa. So at when the end of the year, eight years came up, was that when you started thinking about setting up your own business? I suppose I was thinking about setting up my own business on and off for for a long time, you know. Yeah. Um, it was in the back of your mind. I suppose the fact that your father was a bit of an entrepreneur himself back home with the hospitality business. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's kind of always in my blood, I suppose. You yeah. know, you kind of want, always want to kind of set up your own business. And but the key things for me was I was finding a, finding it tough to stay in touch with my family in China. Okay. And uh, and spending enough time with my family in Ireland as well, I suppose. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know when you're working in a corporate company, you. You get your twenty one or twenty three days. That's it. Which is only about four weeks. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. So like I've, the, you know, a trip to China that probably take up that. Yes. You know, and uh, so it was, it was getting harder and harder. And uh, so w- what I kind of wanted to do is I wanted able to spend more time with my family more. Yeah. And I wanted able to kind of stay connected with my my family, my root in China, and yeah. uh, also kind of like you know stay with my wife yes. you know, very important yeah. um, so that's kind of w- w- when I was saying okay I, I, I need to kind of set up a business that around that and that, that brings like, those two worlds together in many ways exactly yeah we did kind of did our gap year we did kind of gone travelling yeah. for a bit of living uh, in other countries overseas for a bit and uh, we uh, we came back and uh, you know we kind of look at each other kind of go 
now is the time, I suppose. If you don't do it now, you probably won't do it down the line. You to know? take the risk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When was that? How, how long ago was that? So that was back in 2016. Okay. So that's when I set up the uh, Fervor and Hue. And, um, Which was originally a different name. That's correct. That's correct. Uh, it was a original home square. Okay. My wife and I, we both, when we joined our travels, we kind of like always kind of interest in the uh, the home interior yeah. kind of stores, you know. Yeah. And uh, we always like, we always go into them. You know, it doesn't matter where we are in South yeah. America, in Asia, in you know, Australia, in Canada. We, we always go into them. And you you kind of always see the different ideas, and you know, because each country they have their own way of living and they have their interior a change, you know. Yeah. And so we we go to these places and we kind of you always pick up something. And which is very interesting. And uh, so when we came back, I would say, okay, my wife actually said to me, I said, why don't you do up a, a, a home interior store? Yeah. You know? And I was like, why not, I suppose? You know? And uh, yeah, so then I... Uh, I but oh, you had no experience in that area, did you? I, no, no, I suppose. Yeah, I have I, I, I no, I no experience in that area. I have no experience okay. in business in general. Okay. You know? And, uh, and I suppose we were kind of going, look... You learn, I suppose. You know, like, I think that that's when I kind of bring me back to my 14, when I was 14. Yes. Again, naivety, you know, like, yeah. na- naivety can be great. For, uh, it can go against you, it can go work yeah. for you, right? So what's the worst that could happen, you're kind of thinking yourself? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What, yeah. What's the worst that could happen? Sure, look, I can always maybe go back and work for Apple or yeah. for another multinational, you know? Yeah. And uh, and I was like, okay, well, look, let's give a go at it and mm. see. So I, and as when, when that decision was made, I I spent quite a bit of time uh, quite a bit of time in China on my own, and those early years I was able spending that time in China it set up the relationship with suppliers, with manufacturers, suppliers, and with uh, you know with staff over yeah. there. And the staff I had back in day one, yeah, in China, is still with me today. You know, which is like five and a half years later. So when you say staff, you have people working for you actually in China. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I have a, I have a, uh, I have a one, one team member in China, Whoa. and uh, and I have, uh, and uh, yeah, no, he was with he was with me from day one on a part time basis. Now yeah. he's kind of more. And now he's full time. Yeah. What's his role then? So what what does he do for you over there? He's he well, his job would be kind of managing the warehousing, managing the logistics of it, yeah, and uh, doing the quality check, yeah. QC check, and quantity check, etc. Like it, there's a bit of complexity when when you're kind of working in China, and yeah. when you actually when you uh, there's complexity to kind of to begin with, and yeah. then when you are a small business at the from very beginning, it makes it look more complicated again, right? Because like all the manufacturers, what they want to do is they want to make one product and they want to make a large volume of it yeah. because it makes it easier for them. It's cheaper. Yeah. As well, yeah. Uh, but that would be a nightmare for any small business because yeah, you don't sure. want to, <laughs> you want a variety and you yeah. want to like, you know, small quantity of everything, right? Yeah. So, so that, and I suppose that's what we have to do is we have to kind of like work around that, you know, and work and try to find a different ways of trying to get smaller quantity of stuff and uh, you know, more variety and actually start getting custom designs and custom made yeah um, so the, yeah so like having somebody on the ground is really really great because we would have sent over let's say designs ideas and uh, you know manufacturer would make it yeah. and then you know um, my guy 
Felix will actually go check it, you know, just check it, the measurement is yeah. up to our standard, etc. which is great. And then when actually mass production are made and he's able to do those checks again. And are you able to kind of trust him in terms of, will you say, Felix, will you go have a look at this and take his word for it? Or do you need to see the stuff back over here or like samples? Do you get samples sent to Ireland? Or, or? We probably don't add much. We used to. Yeah, we used to in do. In the early yeah. days. Yeah, early days. Early days, we didn't need it. Early days, I, I would be there three times a year. Okay. So I will have, I will organise samples being made yeah. during the time when I'm there. Yeah. You know, and uh, like nowadays, it's probably less just because we have a, you know, we work with the same manufacturers for like five and a half years now, yeah. you know, and yeah. uh, so we have a good understanding of each other. And uh, but like, every year we do take on more. We go through the same process again. So like give you an example, like we, we would be working on our uh, our, our um, cushion and, uh, you know, any soft interiors collection now for next year. Yeah. Right. So we would actually have like the process with that is that we would come up with a concept yeah. You know, so like, you know, w- which direction we're going to go. And then we're going to source fabrics accordingly for that, to build that collection. Okay. So we would actually go look at a fabric manufacturers. Like, you know, we, I said we look about 20 of them. Yeah. And then we narrow it down and we pick the best, most suitable for us. Yeah. And we go for them then, you know. And then we select the fabrics. The fabric had been shipped to manufacturers and then they would make to our standard then. You know? So you're involved in the whole process. It's not a case where Felix goes to a manufacturer and says, "What have you in season this year?" And we'll take we'll take a thousand of them and take five hundred of them. It's not like that at all. No, 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 absolutely not. So like, it's, it's we decide. It's all the decisions, all the designs are yeah. are made here. Yeah. But Felix' role is making sure it happens at the right time. Yeah. You know, and uh, making sure that the correct product has arrived the right time. You know. And who designs it then, Fee? Yeah, we do it internally. You met our team. So we have a team of interior designers and okay. we have, you know, we, it's, it's a collective, yeah. you know. And uh, Jardine, which is our creative director, and uh, so she would do a lot of a kind of um, uh, collection building, oh, yeah. right? So we kind of work on that. And then what we do is that we, once we decide, decide on a, a, a concept yeah. and we kind of work towards that then, you know, okay. and we, we, we would select a kind of, fabrics to, to suit that concept. So you'd have a lot of meetings around the table, I'd imagine. Uh, Geraldine would kind of say, this is our vision, and then the rest of the team kind of put their kind of say in as well, is it? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. We kind of have them meeting every week, really. And do you ever take feedback from customers then, in terms of like they're looking for a certain style or anything like that, and say, maybe we should go for that for next year? Or? Huge, huge. We do that, definitely. We definitely do that. We do a lot of that. I mean, like uh, that's that's the beauty of uh, having... The retail store there, and yeah. a customer come in, and they 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 very quickly to tell you what they're looking for, yeah. you know, and which is great. And uh, now I suppose we're in a position where we're kind of supplying 80, 80 stores in the 80? country, eighty stores, yeah, around the country. So around. you have your own shop, but you then you're supplying to other similar type shops around Ireland, is it? Yeah, furniture stores, etc. And I suppose where I suppose our core is soft. Furnishing and and uh, like cushions furnishing. and pillows and stuff like exactly, that. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So like a lot of uh, kind of uh, uh, furniture stores will yeah. actually stock our product. You know, like we can't be in every single town with a retail store. I yeah. suppose with online you can reach a s- certain geographic yeah. regions, but yeah. uh, like with our product, people need to touch it. They want to yeah. feel it. They yeah. want to see the colors right for them. So we need have those touch points. You know. 
Uh, so yeah, no, like originally, I think we start with I think three. Now we grow to eighty wow. uh, uh, retail partners. You know, that's what I call them. In the space of five years. In the space of yeah, in the space of five years, yeah, five. How did you get to eighty? Like, uh, how did that happen? There was um, there's a couple of things. Uh, yeah, I suppose we were kind of um, we might be lucky in a position, yeah. right? And uh, we kind of work with some great people. At the start, we were kind of uh, kind of working with the concept of okay, how we're going to work this with you know supply into another store, etc. Yeah. So then we started kind of approaching other retailers. And now I I I did a, a I did a road trip there, I suppose about three years ago. Yeah. And uh, I remember I think the three years ago I put I said I probably put about thirty to forty thousand miles on my car, right? Whoa. Yeah. So I did a lot of traveling. So you did a lot of knocking on doors as I well. Did, yeah, I did quite a bit of knocking on doors and building relationships, and uh, and then one of our customers actually said, "Steve, you need to talk to this person. You know, she's in has a lot of connection in there. You should talk to her." And I said, "Yeah, absolutely, I talked to her." So that's how it started. So we started we and then we we kind of she like a sales consultant kind of or something. Uh, no, or? she's actually a rep, a rep, a rep, and yeah. she was kind of she was looking for a brand to take on. Yeah, and we were working with her, and uh, we we were just being introduced. Yes, and they said, "Look, so like we took our extra sales person with the sales better than I do. Whoa, right? Much better than I do, and uh, and she was able to take us on to the next level. Yeah, and then from there, and we said, this works, right? Let's get another sales rep. We should have talked to another guy." And were they in different parts of the country? Different parts of the country, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think that's a very important. So, like, we at the moment, we probably have a three rep. Three uh, reps on three the rep, on like, I'll be one of them, yes. you know. So, like, you know, we, we all each cover different areas, Yeah. you know. And now it's kind of more like we look after our customers, you know. Yeah. Like, you need somebody, like, I, I couldn't take 80 calls a day. It's like account management, relationship management, I suppose. Exactly, yeah. 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 So, yeah. like, you need, like, all these people manage their own areas. Yeah. So we grow that. We, we like like at the start, I had three. I managed the three of them on my own, learned it, and then now we have uh, three of us working on it. You know. So obviously, the business is based in Cork, and you know, you know, everything is distributed from Cork, and you have the retail store in Cork. But the fact that I suppose you're you're getting your your product from China was that really important in terms of keeping that tie with your family? Was that, was that important? Oh, that's huge. That's that's absolutely like huge. Steve, um, people like I've been asked this question many times. Is that like why you know why don't you buy from Poland? Why don't you go visit yeah. Turkey and yeah. you know they do a lot of textile stuff. Yeah, my story is China and Ireland. Yeah, and uh, like I'm not saying we won't look at it. You know, eventually we probably we we probably have to anyway, right? Uh, yeah. once you reach certain size and points, but like from day one, it was like China and Ireland either bring the two together. You know, either trade between the two, either sell it to China, or yeah. buy from China, etc. Yeah. Um. So that that's always from day one. That was my my goal, really. You know. And how do your parents feel about you bringing that those two worlds together, and the fact that you're buying stuff from China and, and getting stuff made in China? Delighted. I mean, like it's it's they they don't really care too much about on like you know you know me buying. They probably prefer if I sell more to China, okay. uh, which may, which might might happen. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. Um, but it's. Uh, I think. I think they. As a matter of fact, that they do get. We do get spend more time together. Yeah. So every time I go to China, I try to meet with them somewhere in China, and yeah. uh, we do spend more time. They do, like even just for a couple of days. Yeah. 
you know, we do have that opportunity to actually see each other for a couple of days. Yeah. You know, those kind of opportunities get less and less because we have our own family. I have a young boy now. Is the, the chance for me to travel become less and less. Yeah. So we really do value those time together, you know. I suppose the fact that you're Chinese and you're able to speak to them fluently, obviously, um, but culturally you understand them as well. I'd imagine that makes the process much easier than any other business over the side of the world would, would find get if they went into China, would it? Yeah, I th- yeah, I think so. I think so. there's definitely, I was actually thinking about that actually. Um, a lot of the manufacturing in China, what they do is um, they do 95% right. Yeah. And, but is that 5% really make it different? They start doing things that kind of um, what we consider maybe a little bit silly. You know, yes. they could add it all week because we're doing great. Let's add a bit of tassel on it. Yeah. Go, no, 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 don't do that. You know, you you make it a gaudy. You know, you, yeah, you, you, yeah. you, you do it wrong. You know, you yeah. But let's add, you know, a, a sprinkle on it or something, yeah. you know, and yeah. we're going to go, don't do that, you know. Yeah. Um, like, uh, I remember we, we, we had a, like this motorbike clock we were making and uh, they, uh, instead of, uh, um, you know, motorbike, what they want to do, they said, okay, what we're going to do, we're going to put a light on it, right? Yeah. We're going to put a, a piece of crystal on it. Yeah. I said, no, don't do that. Like motorbike clock generally is for a gift for a male, I suppose. Yes, yeah, way, so you right? understand the audience, yeah. yeah. But then you kind of go, I don't think they want a crystal on it. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so like stuff like that, like, that's what I would say. They do 95% right. They do a lot of things right. And as a 5%, you kind of really have to kind of work with them, explain to them why they don't, we shouldn't do these things. So you're supplying 80 stores plus your own store. There's a big problem at the moment now with shipping and stuff like that. Yeah. Is, is that causing huge headaches for you? It is, yeah. I mean, it has been a continual challenge. I mean, the the cost of uh, um, the cost of shipping at the moment globally is uh, absolutely gone through the roof. Yeah. And there's delays after delays, and there's a kind of um, I suppose like you know different port they will have restrictions. Yeah. You know, like especially in China. I mean, China adopted this at a zero po- zero COVID policy. Mm-hmm. So if they find a, a, a case at the port, they shut the whole port. Whoa. You know, so like these things does happen, yeah. you know, um, but we have been working through it. I mean, like in fairness, we have been like, I tend to work with the same people yeah. for long period of time. I think that kind of really paid off for us. I mean, like even with the company over here, like I, I was work with our shipping company. I've been working with them from day one. I, could, I have the option to change many times. Yeah. And uh, I didn't. I stay yeah. with them. Even they were slightly more expensive. I stay with them because yeah. like a relationship is more important. And now they kind of, they, they have really repaid us last year, this year. They kind of, they prioritize us. They mm. kind of go, okay, well, look, you have been with us for the last five years. Now we prioritize you. Same in China. And mm. uh, we, you know, we work with manufacturers and they will have a delay. They, but if you think about manufacturing in China, is they don't just supply to Ireland. I mean, they supply to America, Brazil, you know, the, France, Spain. Like Ireland is very small, small to them. Small drop in the ocean for them. Yeah, yeah. small yeah. market for them. And in order for them to kind of prioritise us, mm. it takes a lot of a kind of yeah. um, relationship building, etc. So you mentioned COVID there. Last year must have been a big hit to you, but retail were hit. Like, you know, with all those shops around the country as well were, were closed. How did it affect you? Hugely. I mean, it affected, I mean, like overnight, I mean, there was a, a you know, we were just getting a good place and, you know, there were, we, have a, we have a stock coming in and uh, 
and then COVID happened and mm-hmm. everything just stopped. Yeah. You know, like uh, we have to cancel orders, we have to put orders on hold, etc. Right? Uh, yeah, no, it's like there was nothing going on. But then I suppose, I suppose like anybody, you know, in you know, in a situation like that, you cannot go into the stage of a risk elimination. Sort yeah. of like so, I took out my uh, PNL, you know, uh, yeah. profit loss. I literally, just goes through line by line. I see where I can cut. Yes. Where can I stop? the cash flowing out, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, literally call everything. I mean, I even call bin collections. Yeah. You know, I suppose there's no cardboards, there's no, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, why, why do point? I need a bin, yeah. right? So I caught everything. And I suppose where I stopped was um, when I was looking at our marketing spend on yeah. social media, etc. Yeah. And we would actually spend with them a small amount of money yeah. every month anyway. And we would kind of go, maybe I just hold on this for a bit yeah. and see what happens. And I suppose that like last year, that was kind of one of the best decisions I made yeah. because uh, overnight, all the traffic turned from uh, from retail into online. Yeah. And then our online sale really boomed. Whoa. Yeah, we were like, we quadrupled online sales, you know, like ov- overnight almost, you know, and like the, the, the return on investment where we're getting on the Facebook and social, you know, Instagram ads. Yeah. It was like tenfold. You know, yeah. and uh, which is which is brilliant. So for every euro you were spending, you were seeing a huge return. We were seeing huge returns. Yeah, yeah. like the return you wouldn't get because, like, I think everybody else called their marketing spend. Yeah, there's less competition for mm. ads, so we were we were getting really getting the returns. No, obviously that have changed because everybody gone back into the market, etc. So. It was a bit of a novelty for a while. I think everyone, people that never shopped online were shopping online. So yeah, you picked exactly. up you picked up all those new customers. Yeah, no, it was great. Like during the COVID time, we actually got a, it was funny enough, we actually got an order for our Celine Ribbon chairs. Yeah. Eight of them to go to Taiwan. So to go, <laughs> nearly go back to where they came from. Like, <laughs> Doing the full circle. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you should yeah. have put a grow up on those chairs. <laughs> so we have to ship them. And I like, it was great. It kind of grow. Uh, and like, like it really kind of focus us during yeah. the COVID time and actually make us thinking more. Think, like we know online is always kind of that background. We have the online store yeah. after six months, you know, yeah. and we know that's always the area we need to kind of grow on. Yeah. But, when you kind of being so up with the day to day, you kind of just kind of forget about it. You kind of let yeah. it tip away. But but when that becomes your only source of revenue, all attention go onto it, you yeah. know. And uh, uh, which is great because now we reopen everything. Reopened our online store, a hold on its own. You know, it's so yeah. It's, it's like a separate. So you nearly have three entities. You have the physical shop. You have your your wholesale division, and you have your online. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And are you like online at the time? You said like online is so big. You, it, it requires so much attention to it. Yeah. You know, you almost need a team of people just for online. You know, from a branding perspective, then. So you were originally Home Square. Yeah. You changed to Forvern Hue. When like when did it happen? And, and why did it happen? Well, that, that happened about uh, two about a two and a half years ago now. We kind of gone down the route. We can go. We need. To rebrand ourselves, we need to reintroduce ourselves because, uh, like, it's, as you said, Steve, like, our original name was called Home Square, yeah. right? And because I, I just gone with Home Square because I want, it's a home store, I want something with a home in it, yeah. right? But over time, we kind of feel like Home Square becomes too generic of a name. Mm. It doesn't really represent who we are. Yeah. And it doesn't really represent what we do. Yeah. And in in the home interior market it's like you know there's a lot of competition in it yeah, there's a lot of big players in it 
and uh, you know so you you have to try to find your niche mm. and we, we feel like every time there is somebody walking through the door a customer always say oh this place is uh, it's so bright it's so colorful yeah you know it is yeah. like oh, it's lovely it's so it's so colorful right and then over time we kind of realize okay this is what people are seeing us this is our customer telling us who we are why don't we just put that over the door, right? And then we, like, over, uh, I think, a weekend away, my my wife and I, and we were just talking in the car, and uh, I was just banging our name. I said, Home Square is not right. We just need to, we need a new name. We need to, something better. And uh, and she was just kind of, like, Googling, and, like, uh, all good ideas come from my wife, I tell you. Yeah, yeah. And she came back and go that, uh, what about fervor and hue? And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> Right, yeah. and then uh, yeah. she's gonna. Well, hue means color. Yeah. Where fervor means passion, and uh, warmth. You know, yeah. and then that, and that's what you are. You are like, you know, you're you're, you're very passionate about the business. Your passion, and then it's color. So yeah. that's what you want. So passion and color. And I was like, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. We rebranded our um, entire business. We focus, and then, like when once we do that. We narrow down our collections as well, the product range as well. We only kind of stock stuff that suited the brand. And uh, it's, it's uh, you know, if you're looking for it to bright the place up a bit, you know, you come to us then. It took a while, I'd imagine, to change everything, did it? Because you probably still had stock with, with Home Square written on it? Or did you have branded uh, items at that point? We did, yeah. We had uh, we had uh, uh, a lot of stuff that, um, you know, is branded Home Square, etc. Yeah. Uh, look, some of them just being discontinued. Yes. Some of them just being kind of go, look, you know, yeah. we just have to take a hit on it. Yeah. And, uh, but to be fair, there's not a lot because we we were kind of moving a direction towards kind of like, like our product is kind of naturally more colorful anyway. Yeah. And then, you know, you like we used to stock a lot of uh, these little owls and, yeah. you know, ceramic owls and stuff like that. And I remember that one customer came in and kind of looked around and said, why do you have so many owls in the place, right? And we kind of go, yeah, that's 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 not right. You know, like yeah, you, you can yeah. really need to kind of like uh, uh, get your brand message out, tell your customer what you're all about, you know? And so we, we, we've done that now. We, we're telling our customers that we're about colour yeah. and we have the product to back that up now, you know? So it's all about colourful products. Exactly. But it takes time. I suppose, to find your way. You're five, five years down the road in terms of after setting up. It probably took that time to kind of figure out this is who we are. Yeah, it took, i say the first three years, we didn't know who we are. We didn't know what we are all about, yeah. you know. It, it took us that long to figure out kind of, you know, what are we good at yeah. and who we are, who we want to be, yeah. you know. And uh, now we, we're in a great position. Now we're kind of like, you know, we know who we are. We know what we can do, and uh, you know this. This is us now, you know. And will you stick to the one shop, or what will you do? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, uh, before COVID, we actually had a plan to expand to okay. the second store. Anyway, yeah. like half our order come from Dublin. Yes. you know it kind of makes sense for us to put a second store in, in Dublin. Dublin, and uh, we were looking at it. it was kind of go yeah. So that w- early on this year. And that was my kind of my goal. I was thinking, okay, we're going to open a second store yeah. in Dublin. And then the, I think that, was that the second lockdown or third second lockdown? Or third lockdown. Kind of lockdown lose track of the stage. Exactly. Really. Yeah. And then when that lockdown happened, I was going to go, okay, wait, look, that's yeah, not going to yeah. happen now, yeah. right? Like, 
let's put put that on hold for a while. So yeah, the it's definitely in our plans definitely to open more stores. Okay. And uh, I think the second store in Dublin is probably seems a natural progression. But there are other things that we are kind of working on at the moment actually, Steve. Okay. Is that because I, there's such a growth with the online store. Yeah. And we, I feel like, you know, we're getting a lot of the questions being asked to us are the same, like from you know, from online customers or from the retail customers, right? Yeah. And the advice we have been given kind of uh, very useful right mm. and uh, so we're kind of working towards it like maybe this year our focus is maybe we s- we're going to start up our YouTube channel yeah actually because we do a lot of videos anyway yeah and we're going to do a more kind of like a helpful content we'll put on our YouTube channel and we're going to actually share that with our customers try to grow our, our community I suppose you know yeah, so like, I mean, uh, an interiors type loving community, is that, yeah. would that be right? Yeah, exactly. Interior, like, it's general question is probably uh, focused on interiors, but because we're fervent and you, we're yeah. all about colour, right? We want to see, like, how other people can use colour to help them. Yeah. Like, for example, like, my wife is a teacher, yeah. and uh, one of the things I know she's very passionate about is about... Uh, sensory needs for kids yeah right and so like you know when the green color could help the kids to be calm yeah etc right so I, I think that's a huge area and yeah. that's a very interesting topic yes. and I think the, and our team actually have some expertise in that area brilliant so like it's naturally we should actually talk about that and yeah. share with our community yeah. and uh, you know some people might find that very helpful interesting so in a way that we want to kind of give knowledge back give content back into our community and in turn they find it help them you know yeah and in turn you build a relationship that they turn out to be probably good customers in in the long term that would be the hope exactly exactly in, you know we're now in a in a stage that we know who we are yeah and we need to build our brand right so we have the brand name there we have the product to back it up now we need to teach or help our community our aim how to kind of help our customer to enrich their life with colour and five years in, you're starting to get accolades as well. I, I spotted that you're uh, shortlisted for the Retail Excellence Awards. Yes, yes, we did. Uh, we started getting a few uh, 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 awards lately, which was brilliant. Uh, so we got selected uh, to the top 30 stores in Ireland Whoa. this year. And uh, it was a, it was quite a complicated process. In fairness, no, I need to thank, give credit to the team yeah. because it, the team really kind of put that together. And uh, it was a big long application form and it was like it was a couple of stages I mean the first yeah. stage was like a mystery shopping yeah. and uh, like I was I was blown away by our mystery shopper score I mean we got 100 on 100 whoa you mean like I mean I, so you have good staff on the ground that are really nice to people exactly and really engaged with yeah. customers etc and then uh, the next stage you kind of like you know they really break down the every pillar of the business and you yeah. kind of they score you accordingly that. And is there many from Cork? Uh, I think there's three stores in Whoa. Cork. I mean, if you look at it, the three store being selected in Cork. I mean, we're one of them, and uh, uh, a little shop called Brown Thomas. I think, I think <laughs> small one, shop, yeah, uh, yeah. I think only one or two people heard of them. <laughs> uh, I think and then there is Echo as yeah. well, another brand name, another obviously. big name as well. Yeah. So like, you, so you're representing maybe the 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 SMEs in terms of you know exactly. in terms of retail. That's exactly. fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, no, so we're absolutely like at the beginning of the year, we were going to put our name in a, in a hat and go, let's go through the process yeah. and let's learn from it, you yeah. know. And uh, we really didn't uh, think we we're going to get this far, but absolutely over the moon. 
Well, best of luck with that. Thank you. Appreciate that. So before we finish, Stephen, um, I ask two questions every week. Mm. And the first one is about uh, building your brand. And what tip would you give uh, another business in terms of building their brand? So let's say it's somebody now that's on the start of a journey and maybe, you know, you're five years in. What what tips would you give them? What, what would be the one big thing? Wow. Okay. So much. <laughs> so much. Uh, well, what I would say is, like, definitely don't think you know what your customer want. Let, let your customer tell you. You know, just ask them. So research? Research, absolutely. And research. don't be afraid to just actually ask them in person? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we did because we didn't know what, what you know, what type of home interior store we're going to be Yeah. until our customer told us, yeah. you know, kind of go like, you're, you're, you're colourful. You, you are. Yeah. That's it, you know. And that kind of, that made sense with us anyway. So was it a case that the brand was built on the back of you tested off a certain products and you saw that certain things were doing better and then feedback from the customers allowed you to maybe enhance a specific range? Yeah, definitely the feedback from the customer. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, you kind of look at it, what what people are actually buying, yeah. you know, and uh, what, what people are interested in. Yeah. And uh, then you take that fee- you take that feedback on board and uh, you change it accordingly. The other question that I ask is, um, what tip would you give an individual? And in particular, I think, what would you give uh, somebody that may be from Ireland or even overseas going into a new country? What tip would you give them having gone through that journey yourself? Going through, that's a good question. Like for if somebody moved overseas, definitely try to learn the culture, you know, try not to stick around with your... Um, you know, with what you know. I mean, that's the whole or were reason. People, or were people from your own country kind of try and immerse yourself with yeah, the I new mean, country? Yeah, exactly. Well, I, make I, new friends. Exactly. I I don't mean like actually ignore yes, people I from know your what own you country. Mean. But yeah. like, you know, it's I, actually try not to kind of be comfortable. Yeah. Try try to kind of be uncomfortable. Yeah. And that will pay you back in the long run, I think. And I suppose... On that, what did you learn from Irish people? What, like, like you know, you you you're here now, twenty years, is it twenty <laughs> odd years? What have you learned from Irish people? Oh God, I've learned so many, so many. I mean, like, uh, if Steve, if you're looking for funny stories, I, I have a plenty. <laughs> yeah, so fun humor. We don't like. Yeah. Is is that something that you've learned that we kind of take life less serious? Maybe definitely. Yeah, no, I I think I think the Irish should definitely take. Uh, it's it's. It's it's about enjoying yourself. Doesn't yeah. matter what you're doing, right? Yeah. And I think that's very important. Um, you're not afraid of to make the first move of uh, starting a conversation with anybody. Yeah. You yeah. know, I think which is which is a great of uh, a great of way, greater way to be. You know, yeah. like yeah. I think there's let's make. I think that's why people uh, people around the world liked Irish, yeah. because you can always have a chat with an Irish person. Yeah, I learned that. And I think that, that kind of uh, really work in my favour in many, many situations, you know. And and are you taking a bit of that home? Do you know, or, or when you go back to China, do you take that kind of way of the Irish kind of trying to chat to people a bit more? I do, yeah. actually. I do, yeah. I do absolutely try to kind of uh, try to learn from, uh, uh, make that first move, make having that conversation. Move. Yeah, say hello and, uh, you know, sure, look. And you never know what way the road you will take you know after that. Good. Yeah, exactly. You have nothing to lose, you know. It's been fantastic to speak to you, Stephen. Best of luck with the business going forward. Um, and um, yeah, it's exciting times ahead. Appreciate that, Steve. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the 24 Stories podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and get in touch with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn at 24 Stories Tribe. 
I'll be back next week with a brand new guest. 